0: This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a Ph.D. in Counselor Education and Supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Dwayne Chapman also known as Dog the Bounty Hunter, and his involvement in the Gabby Petito-Brian Laundry case. First, I'll look at the background of this situation, then move to my analysis. Dwayne Chapman was born in Denver, Colorado on February 2, 1953. His father was a welder and his mother was a Sunday school teacher. Chapman dropped out of school at age 13. When Chapman was 15, he ran away from home and joined the Devil's Disciples Motorcycle Club, which is a criminal biker gang started in 1967. Chapman was using substances and involved in other criminal activity. He was arrested for several offenses, including armed robbery. In April of 1972, Chapman married a woman named La Fonda Sue Honeycutt. They would have two children. On September 15, 1976, in Pompa, Texas, Chapman and three of his friends decided to drive over to the residence of a 69-year-old black man named Jerry Lee Oliver. Oliver was a cannabis dealer and sometimes functioned as a supervisor of sex workers. Before driving to Oliver's house, one of the men referred to Oliver using a racial slur. One of Chapman's friends named Donald Kuykendall was in possession of a shotgun. Chapman also had a weapon. After the men drove to Oliver's house, Chapman waited in the vehicle as Donald went to Oliver's residence carrying the shotgun. Donald held the screen door of the residence open with his left hand while holding the shotgun in his right hand. He shot Jerry Oliver in his left armpit area, mortally wounding him. Donald said that he was in a struggle with Oliver and the shotgun went off accidentally. Donald then returned to the vehicle where Chapman and the other friends were and they drove away. It's not clear if Chapman knew what was going to happen, but he did know that Donald was armed with a shotgun and was going to confront Oliver. Jerry Oliver survived long enough to tell the police who killed him. The police arrested all four individuals. When the police went to arrest Chapman, he ran out of the back of his residence in an attempt to escape, but an officer tackled him. Chapman was arrested and eventually convicted of first-degree murder. He was sentenced to only five years in prison. His wife divorced him in October of 1977, when he was still in prison, and married his best friend. Chapman would eventually marry five more times and have ten more children. All the marriages ended in divorce, except for his current marriage and his marriage to Beth Smith. She died of throat cancer in 2019. Chapman was paroled on January 31, 1979. He would start working as a bail bondsman and bounty hunter in the 1980s, He set up his own business, which he operated for many years. He claimed he was inspired to be a bounty hunter after receiving praise from a prison guard for tackling another prisoner who was trying to escape. I guess that's the moment Chapman learned that he had the special and nuanced skill of being able to physically grab somebody. I want to talk briefly about the occupation of bounty hunter to explain how they operate. When somebody is arrested and charged with a crime, they are often allowed to post bond. Many people don't have the money to do this, so they use a bail bondsman. The typical arrangement would be that the person trying to make bail pays the bail bondsman 10% of the bond. Using the example of a $10,000 bond, the bail bondsman puts up that money in exchange for $1,000. When the person shows up to court, the bail bondsman gets the $10,000 back, so they make $1,000. If the person skips bail, the bail bondsman would lose $9,000. This is where the bounty hunter comes in. The bail bondsman hires a bounty hunter to bring back the bail jumper. Bounty hunters are also referred to by other names like bail enforcement agents or recovery agents. They are private citizens, not police officers. The bounty hunter is permitted to take the bail jumper into custody and return them to law enforcement. This is a pretty dangerous industry on both sides. Bounty hunters don't have the best reputation, and of course, bail jumpers don't either. Some states in the U.S. have banned bounty hunters, and others require licensure. Bounty hunters have sometimes been accused of impersonating police officers, and they have been involved in many lawsuits. They do not have immunity for bad acts, like police officers do. It is sometimes considered an industry that attracts high sensation seekers. For example, people who wanted to be police officers, and for whatever reason, were not able. Now moving back to Dwayne Chapman. Chapman would not become famous until 2003. Chapman, his son Leland, and an associate were trying to apprehend a man named Andrew Luster, who had offended against many women and was convicted in absentia. The trio caught Luster in Mexico on June 18, 2003, and were taking him to San Diego when they were stopped by the Mexican police. Chapman's team and Luster were arrested. Chapman specifically was arrested for suspicion of drug use. Luster was transported to California, but Chapman and the other two men remained in jail. They were eventually granted bail and fled Mexico, so they became international fugitives. The Mexican authorities charged them with deprivation of liberty involving the apprehension of Andrew Luster. As it turns out, bounty hunting is illegal in Mexico. From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia, United States Marshals arrested the trio in Hawaii on September 14, 2006. They fought extradition to Mexico. After a lot of drama and the involvement of politicians, Mexican authorities dropped the charges against Chapman and the other two men. Due to the exposure Chapman received during this whole incident, he was offered his own TV show called Dog, the Bounty Hunter. The show ran from 2004 to 2012 and mostly featured Chapman working as a bounty hunter in Hawaii and Colorado. Production of the show was halted in 2007 after an incident where Chapman was recorded using a racial slur, but then in 2008, production resumed. After the show was canceled, he was on another show called Dog and Beth on the Hunt, which featured Chapman and his wife traveling all around the United States, giving advice to bail bond agencies and helping them catch fugitives. The show was canceled in 2016. Chapman was on another show titled, Dogs Most Wanted, mercifully, it only lasted one season. In 2021, a new series called Dogs Unleashed was canceled before it even aired, which one could argue would have been the appropriate fate for all of his TV shows. This brings us to Chapman's involvement in the Gabby Petito-Brian Laundrie case. First, I'll go through a very brief history of the case. Gabby Petito and Brian Laundrie were an engaged couple, they set out on a cross-country trip in July of 2021. They were visiting places like national parks. On September 1, Brian Laundry returned to the residence of his parents in Northport, Florida, where he and Gabby had lived. He was alone, so Gabby was not with him. On September 14, Brian Laundry disappeared. On September 19, Gabby's body was found in Wyoming. A warrant was issued for Laundrie's arrest based on a fraud charge specifically the unauthorized use of a Capital One bank card. But of course, many people believe that Brian Laundry murdered Gabby Petito. Chapman inserted himself into the search for Brian Laundry On September 25, 2021, Chapman drove up to the Laundrie residence in Northport, Florida, and knocked on their door. Brian Laundry's mother notified the police. According to Chapman, the police had given him permission to knock on the door. Chapman said that he received a tip that Brian Laundrie and his parents camped out together in Pinellas County in early September. Specifically, they went to Fort DeSoto from September 1 to 3 and again from September 6 to 8. At the time making this video, Chapman is now looking for Brian on a small island off Florida. On September 29, it was reported Chapman found a campsite and a can of Monster. This is an energy drink the can had no rust or faded colors. Chapman was energized by the discovery, just like someone who just drank a can of Monster. If Dwayne Chapman doesn't find Brian Laundry, at least he can solve the great Florida Island littering case of 2021. Now moving to my analysis. First, I'll talk about the story of redemption with Dwayne Chapman, then look at his involvement in the search for Brian Laundry. Some people look at Chapman's ostensible rehabilitation and say, okay, here's a criminal who tries to find criminals. There's nothing wrong with that. It takes one to know one, and Chapman certainly has experience breaking the law. Chapman once said that he was convicted of robbery 18 times. Of course, there was the murder part, and Chapman was a fugitive himself for many years. Other people aren't so sure that Chapman has been rehabilitated. For example, we see skepticism around his claims of being a born-again Christian. The officer who arrested Chapman for the murder is not too sure about this claim by Chapman. The officer implied that Chapman came out of prison just the way he went in, using expletives and engaging in bad behavior. So this idea of a prison conversion did not convince him. I don't have any concern with Chapman trying to make a living after spending time in prison. I'm not sure that being a bounty hunter is the best choice because it kind of keeps him connected to situations that could lead to his arrest but he has the freedom to do what he wants. It worries me a little bit that he has never really taken responsibility for the murder. Some people have said that Chapman does not minimize his role, but really he does. On one occasion, Chapman said, I can't even remember being a criminal. I was a moral criminal, and finally the good morality took over. During an interview, Chapman implied that he was there after Oliver was shot, like looking at him, being supportive. He was friends with Oliver according to court documents, Chapman fled the scene. As I mentioned, he was arrested running out of the back of his residence. It doesn't appear as though Chapman is owning his behavior. As far as his success and massive popularity, I think it's largely because of the television series Dog the Bounty Hunter. I think people connected with his action-packed lifestyle and all the drama in his life. Chapman has an authentic component to him that is strangely endearing to many. Not everybody is a fan. The sentiment toward Chapman is consistent with the idea that instead of chasing bail jumpers, he should try to find his common sense, which apparently skipped bail after being charged with excessive absenteeism. Moving to the last question, is Chapman's involvement in the Brian Laundrie search a good idea? People are divided on this issue. Some people look at Chapman and say he is just trying to grab more fame and glory. He has been out of the limelight for a few years and is eager to be the center of attention. Chapman himself has said that he needs attention. Other people say the important issue is catching Brian Laundrie. As long as Chapman doesn't get in the way, he's free to help. I understand the concerns about Chapman with the whole being a convicted murder and all, but he does have a lot of experience finding people who don't want to be found, and it is possible that some people would send tips to Chapman when they might not otherwise be interested in the case. Even though the case has a tremendous amount of awareness, it doesn't hurt that somebody is trying to bring some more to it. As far as I can tell, he has not interfered in the search, so I don't think there's really a problem. As far as his career, I think Dwayne Chapman's move was actually smart. If he manages to find Brian Laundrie, he will be a hero beyond what happened to him with the Andrew Luster apprehension. If he doesn't, people will forget about him just like they did the first time. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa Vita Brevis. Ohio is a land of mystery, from missing shipwrecks and lost treasure beneath her surface to strange phenomena slicing through her skies. From myths that have evolved around historic events and people, to the unsolved murders and disappearances that keep her communities wondering, what happened? Find Ohio Mysteries on your favorite podcast app, and let's explore the inexplicable. OhioMysteries.com